Welcome back to Telltale Dog, the podcast. The podcast is designed to provide information and education about our four-legged friends through interviews with other pet professionals and dog owners, plus my own personal experiences. I'm Elizabeth Silverstein, a certified dog trainer located in Little Rock, Arkansas. Today's interview is with Denise Lamara, who ended up getting a pandemic puppy named Louie back in the fall of 2020. They worked very closely with Philly Unleashed to get Louie trained and work on his behavior. This is the full interview that was edited for the Pandemic Pup article in the Telltale Dog magazine, and that I'm going to post on my website. Take a listen. back to Telltale Dog, the podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, a certified dog trainer based in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm speaking with Denise Lamara today. Denise, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. So Denise, we connected because you decided to make an addition to your home a little bit late in the pandemic. So what was going on? What did you bring home? How did all that start? I have two sons. Uh, The older one is 12 and he has been begging us for a dog for about five years. We already have three cats and a guinea pig. And my husband and I normally work full-time outside of the house with some flexibility. Sometimes we would work from home occasionally, but I would always say, well, we really can't get a dog since we're not home all the time. And then lo and behold, the pandemic struck. So that was not really uh, much of an excuse uh, anymore. So we had been sort of half-heartedly looking for a dog. We would go to Pet Finder, um, just look online. And then uh, once the pandemic hit, aside from all the other craziness in the world, we were accelerating our search efforts. So that was sort of the background. So that's a pretty determined kid for five years to be like, I need a dog when I'm getting my dog. Yeah. The other thing is our house is, uh, we're not great about clutter control, um, but he was really committed. And, you know, I I would just point to things and say, you know, the it was an imaginary dog at that point, but I would say the dog would eat that. The dog would eat that point to shoes or whatever. So he was very determined. And um, we actually did a lot of cleanup in the summertime and created a lot of bags for donation. He got rid of a lot of toys. And so he really, really was very determined. My husband was sort of the most reluctant one, I think. And seeing my son's determination sort of made him feel like, okay, and finally kind of acquiesce. Like, I guess I can get on board with this. He's, he's really trying to demonstrate that he would be a responsible dog owner. I mean, fast forward, he's not doing as much as we thought he would, (laughs) but, but anyway, yeah, he's, he was very, Singular, singularly focused on getting a dog. So you and your husband, have you had dogs before? No, I had a dog when I was growing up, but my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I was definitely not a primary provider of care for the dog or, you know, we didn't train him or anything. It was just kind of like the dog was in the house and my mom took care of him. And my husband never had a dog 
but we both had cats our whole lives. We're cat people for sure. We love dogs, but we would not call ourselves dog people. <laughs> not dog savvy. So I guess that's, yeah. Yeah. So when you were looking at dogs online and, and really emotionally and mentally preparing yourself for this new endeavor, did you have certain things you were looking for? Well, about a year ago, we had gone to a, a lab rescue, or I should just say we had applied to a lab rescue. Volunteers at that lab rescue came and gave us an assessment and, you know, evaluated our home and approved our application. And at that time, given the nature of the fact that we work, you know, full time out of the home and our house was messy and stuff, we she said, well, you probably want a dog that's like four or five years old. And so that was sort of what we were thinking, like somebody who's already trained that was in a home previously, that kind of thing. And then when we were home all the time with the pandemic and we started to focus on cleaning the house and everything and straightening up, we thought, okay, I guess we could do a puppy because we have the you know, a little bit more time to like dedicate to, to training it. And, and, uh, you know, there is some appeal about a puppy because you, it's more of a clean slate, I guess, is part of the, our thinking, or that's what we were sort of thinking. And we thought a puppy might be able to, um, the cats could hold their own with a puppy more so than a dog that's a couple years old. And you don't know if they would get along so and in the meantime we were just you know I was talking a lot to dog friends for you know, friends who have dogs um, and just different rescues and just kind of gathering information and doing some online research about what kind of a dog would be the best fit for us. Mm -hmm. You decided that you're ready to bring a puppy on it's pandemic you were fully a few months in this was not like a instant off-the-cuff decision right so yeah. How did you make the decision for the dog that you ultimately did bring home? First, we had applied for one dog through one rescue, and the dog was going to be, it was a puppy. We had just applied for different puppies on this one website, and um, the way it works is they bring these dogs up from, I think it was Texas, and after this two-day truck ride, you would meet the dog in the parking lot and, like, bring it home. So we applied, we got approved, and it was going to happen in three weeks, like, toward the end of August. So we had been approved uh, at the beginning of August. And I don't know, I started to have doubts because I saw some things online about this rescue and that the dogs could be sick. And then I talked to my vet and they were saying, you know, it's better to get a dog that's been fostered for a few weeks at least so that you you kind of know the dog. And if we started to, to have second thoughts about this dog. I was listening to that little voice and I just thought to myself, I, I it didn't feel right. And, you know, we had put a deposit down and everything, but, you know, I, I asked, can we see pictures? Like, I wasn't even sure what this dog was going to look like. And they said, well, we don't have any pictures. We can't give you any information. You just have to meet the dog in the parking lot. So it was just one of these things where the more time that was passing, I had more time to second guess myself. And I thought, you know, 
we're going to have, we've never given a pet up in our lives, not even the guinea pigs or, you know, anything. So I thought this is a big commitment and this is a 15 year commitment. And I knew I would wind up taking care of the animal primarily, and it was going to be a lot of work. So I thought I need to feel a hundred percent sure about whatever dog we get. So my 12 year old was disappointed, but simultaneously I'm like okay I gotta find a dog now by the end of August but I said I know that there's gonna be there will be puppies there are puppies there's no shortage of puppies but it was funny because with COVID there kind of was a shortage of puppies a lot of it's a good problem to have I guess but a lot of the rescues were you know they were not having visits they were not having events and they said you know there were a couple news stories like some rescues were all out of dogs. Everyone got adopted. Just kept putting feelers out and looking at things. And then I, I found a different rescue, South Jersey. We're in the uh, suburbs of Philadelphia. But we saw this other rescue and there were a couple dogs who were a couple months old. They were house trained and one was Jack. And then the other one was Louie. Didn't have any information about his, whether or not he'd be good with cats, but it said that he was house trained. They say he was a little bitey, so not good for a house with real little kids, it said, because he, he's still working on biting. My kids, again, they're 12 and 9, so that was sort of borderline, but he wasn't my first choice initially. But fast forward, Jack got adopted by somebody else. And then after my initial asking about Louie, they, they then had posted a video of him, just this like 10 second video of him sitting and taking a treat. And he just had these eyes like, did I do it right? Like so proud of himself for, for doing what they asked. And they sent us a written description that, you know, he's scared of the cats at, at the foster. Um, she, the foster mom had three cats also and a 12 year old and a nine year old. So I, I spoke with the foster mom for like a solid hour and asked her every question under the sun. And she was great. And I just felt very confident that that was the right dog for us. The last time we talked to you, you mentioned your three cats and how Lily fit in even with their names. So what are your cats' names? <laughs> so uh, the first rescue we had gotten was Tippy, but then um, about a year ago, we adopted Bagheera and Mowgli, um, whose names were not that to begin with, but we were big Jungle Book fans. So, so yes, Louie came with the name Louie. We didn't name him. And the foster mom had seen my application and she pointed that out to me. She said, oh, are you the one who has Mowgli and Bagheera? I said, yeah. And she said, my husband and I were talking about King Louie. So I was like, oh my God. So anyway, yes, Louie from the Jungle Book. So that, that felt like another data point for us that, that he would be the right fit for us. And what type of dog is Louie? He's American English Coonhound, Border Collie, Australian Shepherd, Boxer Collie, and some mix, but mostly American Coonhound. So the, the rescue that we didn't end up adopting that first puppy from, I had talked to that woman and she was very helpful and nice. And I I said, uh, you know, I, I knew what I didn't know. And I thought, oh, I don't know anything about dogs. So I I don't know where to start. And, sh and that original puppy was not housebroken either. 
So she recommended Billy Unleashed. So I had contacted them even before we had a puppy in the house. And I just, you know, I was trying to like be very proactive, knowing that we would need to, to have professional help. And when was Louis born? He was born, they estimate, end of January of this year. So by the time we got him, he was about, what would that be, seven months old. So you've got some high energy dogs in there. Does he have yeah. a lot of energy? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and we'll, we'll backtrack. You mentioned Philly Unleashed. So you're working mainly with Alicia from Philly Unleashed, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And that's how I found you. She she was the one that suggested this whole pandemic series. And she's like, I, I have a client that I think would be a great fit. And I was like, fantastic. So you found Philly Unleashed through this recommendation. You were connected to Alicia. What was that process? So I had contacted them and there were different options. And one of the options was one-on-one -on -one training at the trainer's house in a garage, an open garage with, you know, everybody wearing masks. And it was only, it's like a 15 minute drive from our house. So that, that was a no brainer. Um, so we were like, all right, let's try that one. So we purchased a um, four lesson package and she, she's great because, you know, she's so knowledgeable, but she doesn't make you feel stupid when you have all these questions. And um, I felt really comfortable saying, you know, I don't know, to things that should have been very obvious, I guess. Like she said, is he food motivated? And I'm like, well, I don't know. How can you tell? Like, is that going to help us train him? And then she said, uh, I remember she said, I'm sure the foster must have mentioned the rule of three three days, three weeks, three months. And I said, nope, and didn't hear about that. So I, I Googled that, but she explained it. Um, and just how really it was so interesting because we were constantly paying attention and looking at that because he did change after those kind of incremental points. We were like, okay, like he's so calm and sweet. And then like three days in, we're like, oh, wow, he's not as calm as he was when we brought him home. And then three weeks later, it was three weeks to the day that we brought him home. We were out for a walk. There were trash trucks and some trucks going by picking up leaves on the street. And he just went completely crazy and was pulling me on the leash, like into the street, trying to attack these trucks. And I thought, oh boy, because he's, what is he, like 45 pounds and really muscular. And I mean, even my husband was having a really hard time holding him. That was, that was scary because I thought, one of us is going to get killed, either him or he's going to pull us in front of a car. So that was something that we really needed to work on. So we started with basics. So Alicia helped us train him with the clicker and the treats. So, and he's smart dog. So right away, he was able to do sit and down and place and, and touch. Leave it was our big thing with the cars. So we were laughing because, and Alicia, she's just amazing because she made herself completely available. You know, I was texting her with questions and 
she would write back and send me little videos or links and and just answer and and offer encouragement and now though he will stop and like he'll sit down and look at me when when a car is coming but it's funny because it's like he trained us he knows how to get us to give him the treat he's very smart still does not like mail trucks and recycling trucks but we time it and uh you know we're still working on that but i I was you know the thing about getting a trainer is you know we had been watching lucky dog episodes on tv and just kind of watching youtube videos how do you get your dog to fetch and stay and you know you could try those things but the thing that makes it so helpful is that personal connection and that reassurance as i said first time dog owners so i just we didn't know okay is this part of the normal puppy maturation process or did we get a dog that's loopy and untrainable is this normal you know i I thought he doesn't do this anymore. Now he's doing the thing that we thought he didn't do. And then every time some other thing, we we achieve some goal where we're like, okay, he knows how to do X. Then he would start doing Y. And, you know, biting, uh, barking at shadows on the ceiling. I texted Alicia. I'm like barking at things that aren't there and freaking out, you know? So she was like, okay, that's yada, yada. And, you know, with the, she came over our house and watched him with the cars and explained to us about trigger stacking. And my husband and I were like, oh, that makes sense. That's exactly why he's okay at the beginning of the walk, but then not at the end. And it was just really good to have her assurance that he's a nice dog. He's a good dog. You know, we didn't have that frame of reference, so we didn't know. And she would just say, you know, not everything has to be a lesson. It's okay if you take them out for a walk and you, you're not perfectly consistent every time or something like it's okay. You know, she just gave us that permission to like spend some time just loving the dog and not being singular, singularly focused on like making sure he learns everything we're trying to teach him, you know? Was it challenging to get everybody in the family on board with the training process or using all the same cues or having the same expectations? It was a little bit of a challenge. My father is 81 years old and he's over a lot and he's sort of old school, like, oh, well, just roll up a newspaper and smack him on the nose if he does blah, blah. So you know, we had explained him, no, dad, we're trying to do positive reinforcement and clicking. And he was just laughing at me when he would see me take Louie out on the leash. And he would say, that dog's walking you, you know, that kind of thing. So we just discovered early on that we needed to like, not leave him alone with the dog and the kids. And, you know, we would always be there. It was good for us to just have Alicia's perspective so we could say oh he's a puppy like if he grabs something he's not supposed to have and he's running around the yard and we're chasing him he does not know that that's something he's not supposed to have that's just a game for him a a super fun game like everyone's (laughs) running (laughs) no and they're screaming too you know (laughs) So, so 
that helps us. And I mean, even I think it was yesterday, he had something, one of my son's baseball gloves and the, you know, the one was chasing him. I'm like, you'll never, ever get it that way. <laughs> like uh-huh. we have get him to come to us with something that's a better reward. So got some hot dog and then we were able to get it from him. So I think it's good. Like we all participate in the training sessions. There's so much information, but the, um, you know, even my nine-year-old remembered that when you say touch, you should hold your hand flat and put the treat in between your fingers instead of holding your fingers out. This way you teach them to come to you, even if there is no treat. It was just, you know, and I had forgotten about that. So that kind of thing, we all sort of help each other remember and practice. So with the pandemic though, I know there's things people really can't do now, which is like group classes are harder and all that. Have you have you been able to walk through, Alicia, how the pandemic has impacted your training and bringing a dog into your home? We go for a lot of walks in the neighborhood and there are a lot of dogs in the neighborhood. So we, the humans can be socially distant from each other, but the dogs will, you know, smell each other's noses and he, he likes dogs and He actually, we take him to doggy daycare two days a week now, and that was at Alicia's recommendation, and that's been a really very, very transformative decision for us because, so here's an example, we we would take him for a really long walk, and he would be acting up, this is before we knew about trigger stacking, and I said, oh, do you think he's like getting tired out? Cause I'm thinking, you know, as a parent of kids, like they act up when they're tired and she was like, without any doubt, she's like, no, he's not tired out. <laughs> and she was able to say like, I think a lot of his behavior things, his behavioral issues are related to just having so much energy. Mm-hmm. So now that they care today, um, he'll go today and Thursday and it just sort of lowers his energy level for the whole week. And he's able to socialize and practice, I think, learning how to interact with animals. And it seems like he doesn't bite us as much in the yard when we're trying to play fetch. Like he, he's learning those rules of the game of he tries to attack somebody, he's going to get bitten back or something so but they play and he gets along with everybody at daycare they they actually use him to test new dogs who are coming in because he's he's very friendly so yeah so I guess in that regard and again I I don't really have any frame of reference so it's hard for me to imagine what it would have been like not during a pandemic. I only see positives right now because I'm thinking we're home all the time. But one of the tips that I got from one of the uh, the woman who worked at the foster where we adopted Louie before we got him, she said, whatever dog you get, she said, make sure you put them in the crate and leave them at home by themselves for a few hours, even though you're all home. If you go for a ride or go for a walk or something, because eventually, we hope, uh, the world will get back to normal-ish. And um, I thought that was really a good tip that I hadn't thought of, that, you know, we want to make sure that he's able to to stay home by himself. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome tip. It's awesome advice, because the, it's it sounds like the pandemic enabled you to just get a dog in the first place. 
And then all this advice that you're getting from everyone too is going to help you keep that dog after that pandemic. And yeah. That's really valuable. Yeah. What are some of the lessons you've learned along the way? It's sort of a cliche, but they say it's like getting, it's like having another kid. Intellectually, I was thinking, yes, it'll be like having another kid because it's a lot of responsibility and you have to do so much to take care of them. And those things are true. My husband and I keep saying it, it does make us think back to when we first had a baby where it's like, oh, he likes this kind of treat. He likes when the peanut butter is cold inside the Kong. <laughs> you, you discover little things about them. And um, I don't know, cats are different. They're much easier. They're lower maintenance. But I guess, you know, when you look at the, like when Louie learns something new, it's that much more rewarding. Um, the fact that we, we have to do all this work, but it's, it is rewarding. I don't know. It was funny too, because we, the other lesson, I guess I would say is be prepared for unexpected things. Like, you know, you, you think, oh, I have to train a dog. And you think of those, you know, seven basic commands, but you might not be expecting him to be barking when he sees shadows on the ceiling and light reflecting and just, I mean, barking like terrified barking or you know and you just don't know why he's doing that and again being cat people like cats are always so weird but you see them do different things and you think oh okay you kind of like you know why they're doing it but with a dog I'm like okay like what's wrong with him but then uh, I guess having a trainer having some professional insight into oh got too much energy or oh he can be doing that if he's nervous about something or um, you know he's aggressive that was the other thing we we got him neutered and they had put him on medication you know like not antidepressant but some kind of like sedative that he was supposed to take for a few days afterwards and it in a small percentage of dogs, it can actually make him more uh, aggressive. You know, it had the opposite effect. I forget the name of the medication. He was like barking at the cats in ways that we hadn't seen. And he actually bit my younger son's face. And he didn't, it wasn't a severe injury or anything, but it was just scary for us because it was uncharacteristic. You know, I think it was just kind of like, um, there were some things like that that we were like, oh, we didn't sign up for this, but we try to take it one day at a time. And, and he's definitely passed all of that weird stuff. Oh, we got a gentle leader too, which made the walks like night and day. And that was easier for us. And now the kids can walk him too. So even if he goes after a squirrel or something, we can still, we're not getting pulled into traffic or anything. And I just have lots of treats with me. So we're kind of in a rhythm now where I can, I know how to like anticipate, oh, you know, I, I see deer up there. He's going to freak out. We're in Pennsylvania. So there are a lot of deer um, and again, Alicia went for a walk with us and she, I said, you know, he, he runs after squirrels. And she said, well, that's like PhD level. Like if he cannot run after squirrels, that's going to be <laughs> like every dog, the most well-behaved dog is going to want to go after a squirrel. But Louie will stop and 
and see a squirrel and he looks at me and he knows he's going to get a treat. Yeah. That's not awesome. But not with all of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, some squirrels are jerks, so I get yeah. that. <laughs> he really wants to kill some of them. Yeah. <laughs> some of them he's okay with. Yeah, some of them are like flipping moth in dog language, and he's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so this is all some good advice, some good lessons. Do you have any other advice for others? You know, maybe bringing their, their first dog as adults home? Be patient with the dog, but also be patient with yourselves. And absolutely, I would say it is so worth the investment to get a trainer, even if it's like a one visit, I don't know. It's just it's so great to have that lifeline, even just to, to say, well, I need help. And, you know, I, I had talked to another person at Philly Unleashed because at one point I actually bought a shock collar, which we didn't end up using, but I researched and I bought one because I thought, oh, I'm, I'm just so scared that he's going to get hurt. And I needed to try to figure out a way to control him running into, into the street. So Alicia put me in touch with this woman and we spoke and I, I, you know, it was right before we started daycare and before I got the gentle leader. So I said, well, let me see how those things go. And then if, that doesn't work we'll set up this this meeting and you can help me learn how to use the shock collar but thankfully it didn't get to that point and I still have it sitting on my countertop I need to send it back to Amazon you most certainly will have to try different things every dog's different the vet had said that too like it's kind of like when you have a kid not when you have a baby it it's not gonna I have two kids and one of them loved the bumbo the other one hated the bumbo like they're they're not going to not one thing is going to work for every dog so definitely have patience so we've had him now two months September October yeah a little over two months and now we're starting to get into that groove where if we're walking and you know another family member comes up to meet us he's wagging his tail like he, he's starting to know us and you know we're we're getting into a better groove now where we're over that initial hump of all of us trying to figure out what the heck is going on hi elizabeth here again that was almost all of my interview with denise thanks for tuning in this has been telltale dog the podcast with little rock's favorite dog trainer me that's me i'm certified dog trainer in central arkansas music has been provided by jim chiago of seven second chance catch more of his work on itunes and spotify and tune in every Thursday for another episode of Telltale Dog. And stick around after the music for some more from Denise. The last thing I would say is if you have kids, my kids are like, you know, they're, they're somewhat helpful. I have to kind of remind them that this is a responsibility for them, but I feel like having a dog is a good life skill. As I was describing my husband and I, where I was like, we never grew up with dogs. So I'd like them to be good at 
dealing with a dog or, you know, if they, they need a dog at any point in their life, they kind of know like, oh, this dog's playing right now and he wants this. He wants, so I don't know, it's a good experience and, and it is a good opportunity for them to, to step outside themselves and be responsible. And, you know, my nine-year-old's not the baby anymore. We talk about Louie, like, Louie's sleeping. He's taking a nap. Like, everybody be quiet. So now it's like we all have somebody else that we're trying to nurture and take care of. And it's been a great addition to the family. So I recommend it, but, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Don't go into it too lightly. Know that it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, I think whoever you bring into the house, but especially if it's a puppy. <laughs> 